0: Welcome to the You Need More Money podcast. I'm your host, Matt Monero, where I come to you each and every week from my studio in Dallas, Texas. Here's something that was told to me once by a so-called mentor, and I use quotations when I say that. The only ship that doesn't sail is a partnership. Maybe you've heard that before, but I believed that for, for all these years, especially because... In my 20 plus years of financing businesses, I have seen hundreds and hundreds of partnerships that just end so really, really ugly. And so in one way, I guess that so-called mentor statement or quote was actually true. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't go into a partnership. And on today's podcast, that's what we're going to talk about. I'm going to show you how. Great partnerships uh, should be formed, components of great partnerships, and then, of course, components of terrible partnerships. And the reason that I say this is because I have recently exited a partnership. Um, And I'm not bragging here, but it was literally the greatest partnership exit that I've ever seen happen. Why? Why? Why was it the greatest partnership I've ever seen exit? And the answer is because it was formed by two guys who have seen hundreds and hundreds of partnerships go badly. And so we knew what to do. And I'm going to explain it all to you today because I recently sold my interest in uh, business finishing school back to my partner, Rick Sapio. And why did the partnership go, the exit go so beautifully? Because of our partnership agreement. So I'm going to get into those details in just a little bit, in another minute or two. But I want to talk about some reasons why you should or should not go into partnership with somebody else. Now, I'm going to go through five reasons why you should go into partnership with somebody. So let's get started. The first reason you should go into partnership with somebody is because they have an alternative skill set. They do something that you don't do. You're the web guy. You're the IT guy. You're the software development guy. And they're the sales guy. Those are those are alternative skill sets. And you may need that in your partner. Something else, another reason why, uh, number two is, you need capital investment. So you've got to take on partners because they got to put some scratch into your business, which I'm going to talk about a little more in a second. Number three, your partner has great contacts. They're totally dialed in to the industry or the marketplace or the geography. They know people who can get your business off the ground. Maybe number four is, maybe you're doing a strategic partnership with a company that has great backend support. Maybe you're a sales organization and you wanna be in partnership with someone who can fulfill the sales, whether they're orders or shipping or documentation. Uh, delivery, whatever that happens to be. But maybe your partner has a great back-end support. And number five is that sometimes you just need a teammate. Man, you just need that shoulder to cry on, that guy or gal to lean on, somebody to go through the spitfire together. Uh, I'm going to talk about that in just a minute as well, why that's very dangerous. But those, in my opinion, are really the five reasons why you'd want to go into partnership with somebody. Now, let's talk about why you don't want to go into partnership with somebody. Number one, because you're afraid. You don't want to take on a partnership because you're afraid. You have to remove fear from your business activities, period, end of story, action over systemization and structure in the early stages of your business. So if you're afraid It's probably because you really don't trust the business model you're going into, or you're in, or you're not taking enough action. Because the action is what starves out the doubt. The doubt that you can do it yourself. The number two reason to not go into a partnership is because your business has a lack of profits. You are not making money, and you're dying on the vine. And so you say, oh my gosh, I better take on a partner. That's the wrong answer. What you should be thinking about is why are you dying on the vine? Are you not working hard enough? Is the action not great enough? Does the platform suck? Is your marketing terrible? Why would you want to take on a partner for a business that doesn't make any money? Now, I understand the argument, the Amazon argument and the Uber argument. I get all that stuff. But you ain't Amazon and you ain't Uber. You're you, trying to make a living for yourself, trying to do better than you thought you could ever do, and most of the time, we end up with a business that is still struggling with cash to get you what you need out of it, and so you begin to say, well, let me go ahead and take on a partner. Very, very, very wrong reason. Get the business profitable. And number three, and this is probably the area that I've seen most people get screwed, is they take on a partner because the partner's good at the paperwork, right? They take on a lawyer because the lawyer can do all the documentation for free in in exchange for equity in the business. Well, guess what? That's an out for you. That's an excuse for you to say, well, I don't do the the paperwork. My partner does the paperwork. And that's when the partner hoses you. That's when you get screwed over. So you have to understand the paperwork. So I'm going to go ahead and give you now five tips five tips on how to create great partnerships. So let's go right into it. Number one, partnerships stop working for one of two reasons, money or effort. When there's no money in the partnership, the stress that it creates on the families of the partnerships often break up the partnership. They just, there just isn't enough to split. <clears throat> now, let me go the opposite direction because I've seen this happen too, where there actually is money in the business. A business has taken off. It's doing well. And guess what? The partners get greedy. And one guy says, I want a bigger piece of the pie, probably because they feel they're putting in a greater effort. So money and effort are the two reasons that partnerships most often blow up. It's also the two reasons, the two elements in which they're great. If the Partnership is, if the business and the partnership is making money and both partners are working their ass off, there's nothing to complain about. But invariably what happens is somebody ends up doing more work than the other. They're working harder and that begins to create the resentment because I'm splitting the deal 50-50, but I'm working 95 and he or she's working five. Blows up partnerships all the time. So we're going to go ahead and start to put some um, protectors in this in this deal, this new partnership. But it takes me to number two. You must have an out clause. And I want you to have an out clause in your partnership agreement that is reviewed every six months. I'm going to tell you my story in a minute. You'll see exactly what I mean. Every six months, you are to sit down with your partner and you're going to have breakfast. Or you're going to have coffee. You're going to have dinner. You're going to have cigars. You're going to have drinks. Whatever you're going to do. And you're going to talk about the strength or the weaknesses weaknesses within the partnership. And Here's what I want you to ask. What do you like about the partnership? This is what you're asking to yourself and to your partner. What do you like about it? What do you not like about it? What are we doing well? Who is doing well within the partnership? Are we happy being partners? What is this long-term direction that we started the partnership slash business under, and do we still have that layer of alignment? Communication is vital to a great partnership, and the out clause in your partnership agreement that is reviewed every six months gives you guys an opportunity to get it out on the table. A neutral environment in which you're talking about how is it going. Because I have seen partners very quickly go into each other's corner and they don't come out. I hate my freaking partner. I do all the work. This guy sucks. I should have never given him 50% of the business. The out clause helps you guys force communication. Number three, you must have an order chart. Who's going to do what? I want you to draw it out. I want you to put it all on paper. Who's going to be the CEO? Who's going to be the COO? Are you going to get a board of advisors or a board of directors? Who's going to handle the money? Who's in charge of sales? Who's in charge of marketing? Who's in charge of operations? Who's in charge of opening and closing? Who's in charge of fielding phone calls on the weekends? All of it. Lay it out in an org chart. And if it's just two of you, both of you are going to have to cover about eight positions on the org chart. That's the way it goes. But you're not guessing. You've laid it out. You've discussed it. You've filled in names to the job description and requirement of the org chart. And you've clearly defined the expectations of what each of you are responsible for within the partnership. Number four, I think this is the most important one. You have to run out the profit before the profit happens. So you are a web guy, you're a web design guy, and the other guy's a chef. Well, the chef doesn't know how to build websites and the web guy doesn't know how to cook. So guess what? They go into the restaurant business together. Well, one of you probably should have done it on your own. And in that situation, there's really only one guy that could have done it, and that's the chef. The web guy ain't going to get into the kitchen and make good food, but the chef could go ahead and outsource a website guy to somebody else without giving up 50% of the business to the restaurant to go ahead and do it. The reality of number four is, running out the profit before you start the partnership, is you'll begin to see what does the split look like. So let's say after the first year the company makes $100,000 pure profit. Well, 100 grand might be good for one partner, but now that you're splitting it 50-50, it's 50,000 to one partner and 50,000 to the other and that still make might make trouble. It might make mama unhappy, and the mama I'm talking about is your spouse. She or he or she might be happy at 100 G's coming to the family, but he or she ain't happy at 50 G's coming to the family. So, what's it gonna look like when that happens? What if it's only 50,000 and now you guys only gotta split 25 grand? Or what if it's 500,000 and you guys are splitting 250 and 250? You might wanna work harder to keep that partnership in play. So, you gotta run the math out, you gotta run the profit out to see. Is there actually enough skin to be cut in two different ways? Super, super important. Now, number five. And I want to see if you can do this because this one's tough. I want you to determine the exit process before you finalize your partnership agreement. If it doesn't work out, this is what we're going to do. If we don't want to be partners... How are we gonna exit this partnership? Are we going to immediately go to mediation? Are we gonna hire an outside third-party valuation company? Are we gonna come up with a valuation of the business on our own? What are the steps that we're going to take to unwind this partnership, put it into your partnership agreement, sign off on it, and make it binding? So you know how the exit process is going to work. Most of us don't do any of these five things We just go into it because we're afraid of doing it ourselves, so we take on a partnership, and that's why most partnerships fail. Now, I'm going to give you a bonus tip here. We'll call it 5A, maybe even call it number six. Each partner must have their own representation when you sign the partnership agreement. And I understand why you wouldn't. Well, you know, my brother-in-law is a lawyer, and he'll do it for us bad deal. I have seen so many deals like that in which the brother-in-law supports the brother-in-law and leaves you out to dry. And so you think you've got this love, this friendship, this bonding, this brotherhood, and basically what you have is blood is thicker than water. And somehow that partnership agreement got a clause in there that you didn't catch because you didn't really read it because you don't handle the paperwork. You're the sales guy. And then you end up getting hosed. Both partners should have their own attorneys either drawing up documents or reviewing the standard document that you guys are using. And you must include an out clause to it and you must include the exit process clause to the agreement. Now, back to my business finishing school situation. When I bought business finishing school. I bought 50% of business finishing school. And in the agreement that my partner Rick and I created, it had a very specific out clause. For any reason whatsoever, if uh, I or Rick wanted out, we got an uncontested out. We were done. Either partner could request it. It was reviewed every six months. And we did not have the requirement, the ability to fight. We basically said, If he doesn't want to be my partner or I don't want to be his partner for any reason whatsoever, we would end the partnership. So every six months we'd have breakfast, we'd talk about it, we'd review it. And if we wanted to continue, we'd sign up for another six months. We'd keep the partnership going. And then one breakfast, um, it became pretty clear that we really didn't want to be partners anymore. I wanted to go one direction with business finishing school and Rick wanted to go another direction. And, um, We were both concerned that it might impact our friendship, and so we decided to exercise the out clause that we had put into the partnership agreement, and we literally followed the steps of creating a valuation, which, by the way, he and I did on the back of a napkin, and we signed off on the napkin what the exit valuation was going to be, what was going to happen with all the marketing material and all the branding and the personal brand that had been developed and all the content that had been developed. How were we going to lay all that stuff out? We wrote it all out at that breakfast meeting. It took us about an hour and a half, two hours, and we signed off on it. And once we signed off on it, Rick signed off on a check and paid me uh, out. It was literally one of the most beautiful partnership exits I have ever seen because we did the things that I just told you to do, and then we adhered ourselves to them. So partnerships are business deals, y'all. They're not deals amongst buddies. They're not friends of a friend, and they sure as hell shouldn't be done with family In any capacity without very specific partnership agreements. These are real business deals that require real business procedures. You got to create the agreement, you got to scope out the agreement, you got to review the agreement, and you either got to succeed on it and win as partners, or you got to exit. And when you exit, the only way I've ever seen it done properly and well is when the exit process is designed and agreed upon before the partnership ever starts. I'll see y'all down the road. Take care. That's our episode this week with your host, Matt Manero. Check us out every Friday at 12 p.m. Central as we discuss money, your life, and how you need more money.